This episode is brought to you by the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival, April 2nd through the 4th, 2021, at the Sinesta Nashville Airport. We're going to be there. Will you be? We'd love to see you. Come and visit with us. Thank you so much for listening. Are you in need of horror collectibles and memorabilia? Look no further than Nightmare Toys. You can find them online at NightmareToys.com and on all social media at Nightmare Toys, the official store of THN News and the Horror Basement Podcast. Check them out. Hi, I'm Bill Mosley, and you're in the Horror Basement. <laughs> Lick my plate, you dog bitch. We have had a doozy of a day. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Here's Johnny! Welcome to the Horror Basement. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny. We've got Jim Jam here with us. Jim Jam here. Episode 200 of yep. the Horror Basement. And uh, we have a special guest for episode 200. Liam O'Donnell. Writer and director of Skylines, Beyond Skylines, or Beyond Skyline. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we we talked to him before. Liam, how you doing, man? I'm doing actually, great. I actually got the, the very first one here where you started it all. That's right. That's right. I have the trilogy on my on my uh, dresser. It was like the first thing when I bought the the new Blu-ray. I just grabbed all three discs and uh, like sat there at my kitchen table and arranged them in a couple of different ways. <laughs> I was like, uh, I guess I have to like get on with my life now, but it, it was a nice feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to ask about that on, on the trip. We might as well just open it up with that. Will there be like a combo pack? Is that possible like, to get? Um, there, there will be, I've, you know, I've heard that there'll be, um, a uh, beyond skyline and skylines one because you, it's two different companies, you know, like yeah. the, the first one was um, relativity universal. And then the, the next two are, are, are vertical. So um, there was talk of, of vertical using some of the artwork that um, our friend um, Julian uh, Rico did, which was like this trip tech kind of illustrated artwork for the whole trilogy. And they were going to maybe do a packaging with that artwork for for the the two ones I directed for them, so we'll see. Um, it's it's interesting. It's it's different for every territory because we're an independent film. So like uh, in Germany, um, they they already did a, a double set Blu-ray of Skyline and Beyond Skyline, uh, which I bought um, before this one came out. And I was like, oh, this is cool, just just to have you know on the shelf. So. Um, Maybe maybe there'll be one in, in some in some territory that has all three together. You never know. So how many variants do you have of all your movies? <laughs> not I'm not super crazy. Um but yeah, there's a couple I have a couple of uh of, of foreign discs that I've never played or anything. I just I like the artwork and stuff. Like the first movie had like a, a lenticular artwork out of the UK. So I have some of those and then I have uh, I never got the splendid German Blu-ray of um, Beyond, which has all of the special features. 
Um, so then the, when I when I saw that this double feature one was up and it had that on it, I had to grab that. And, uh, and yeah, so yeah, even our Blu-ray for um, for Skylines, I was a little disappointed with because I did do a ton of special features work and only the main featurette got on there, which is like a 24 minute making of behind the scenes. But we actually did a bunch of other little mini featurettes that have some of the footage, but some new stuff. And um, those are only available now on Apple TV. Uh, if you buy it on Apple TV, you'll get all of the little featurettes and uh, you'll get deleted scenes with commentary and without. But on the Blu-ray, it has the deleted scenes, but my commentary is baked in on them. So if you actually wanted to hear what the scenes were, you're just going to hear my dumb ass talking over it the whole time. So it's kind of... I was kind of a little disappointed that uh, they didn't put the extra care on some of that stuff, but um, it's uh, it's it's a pandemic, so you have to kind of be a little bit forgiving when when things slip through the cracks right now. Well, how about a director's yeah. cut Blu-ray? <laughs> that the director's cut of Skylines would just probably be like thirty to forty-five minutes tighter. It's uh, it, it it was just because of the crunch of post-production and. Um, in the VFX, like we had to lock the movie before we finished the VFX. So like certain things, then you watch it afterwards and you're like, Oh, I just would like to like tighten little bits here and there. Um, so it's nothing, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put any of the deleted scenes back in. It's, it's pretty much both, both movies are, are pretty much um, director's cut. The, the funny thing yeah. about beyond skyline is I feel like it's a little too tight. So I, um, there's some shots in it, that like in the previous version, we'd hold the shot a little longer. And I missed that in some places. It'll be just like them walking across the, um, the rice paddies. And it's like a really nice landscape shot. And it just feels like I want to see it for another like half second. So dumb stuff like that, that no one cares about. <laughs> but for me, for me, that's like, uh, yeah, beyond it's like Goldilocks beyond skylines, like a little, a little too tight and skylines is a little, uh, has a little more air. Um, so hopefully the next time I can get it perfect, but I, I, I like, they're generally what I wanted to make. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. Well, it's understandable. Uh, you wanting to have more of the scenery, uh, cause, uh, beyond sky, he was definitely uh, filming in some beautiful locations. Yeah. That's another one of those <clears throat> things about skylines that I, I think about like what would have been because we're supposed to do some of the alien planet in um, Grand Canaria, which is, you know, this, the Spanish islands off the coast of Africa. And I got to go scout these locations and they're, they're gorgeous, but like um, it was just sort of like the amount of work it was going to be to get there and for the budget and for how little we were actually going to be able to shoot. It started to not make sense when, um, when we could, do it so well uh within the stage so um and in the movie like we had no money to finish it so i i I assume going there that it would have gone over budget and so i I kind of have made my peace with it but it's still those those kind of compromises that you have to make along the way and then you're like oh did we you know it would have been it would have been who knows what we could have found there you know what 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 changes would be you kind of have that on, on each movie about uh the certain, certain kind of forks in the road in which way you go. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much at peace with it, but you can tell it's still, still different things I think about. <laughs> um, well, this was, uh, 
Where is that going? You didn't say, uh, but you said, uh, oh, crap. Uh, forget exactly what you said, but you said next time. Yeah. Um, so it was like next time in a different movie or next time <laughs> in like. There's going to be a part four, Johnny. Yeah. You know, right. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely working on, um, you know, I, I haven't been too shy about the fact that uh, we set up we set up a part four, and um, I'm working on the script right now. It's actually proving to be to me the most difficult one to write um, in a lot of ways because um, I've been kind of a little bit cute with the way these are sequels, but they're not really. You know, like like Beyond Skyline, you didn't have to see Skyline to um, to get it, and I I think that that that's kind of important because we're a niche fan base and I wanted each film to work for a first time viewer. And then at the same for part three, you know, we open a recap and it's pretty much a standalone adventure. Once things get rolling, you know, you, you, all the, all the characters are that you need to really know in this story are in it aside from um, Frank Grillo's character. And even him, we, we introduce in the beginning and then we have a flashback. So you kind of understand you know, the, his emotional relationship to, to Lindsay's Rose. But now when I'm writing part four, I'm like, you know, it, it just, it's, it's, it's actually the first true sequel in a way. And so that's where I'm like, man, this is, uh, you know, like, like Lindsay's character Rose, she had a mini arc in beyond skyline and she has a big arc in skylines. And now you have to design a third arc for a character. It's, um, it's a challenge, you know? So it's, it's definitely like, I'm having a lot of fun because I know these actors so well and I, I love the characters so much. So they're talking to me, which is kind of like when I, when I put them in the scenes, they're all talking to me, which is nice. But it is like, um, oh, I, I really have to deliver something special now. <laughs> it's like putting a lot of pressure on myself um, and to, to really kind of uh, to do it justice. And I also, I also just don't take anything for granted. I don't take the fact that People have seen the other ones for granted, and I don't take for granted that that could even happen, or if that's happened, that there's going to be a next one. So each one, I try to basically, you know, make it feel like that would be a very satisfying end chapter. You know, the ending with with um, of Skylines was an alternate. We actually shot two, um, and so I wasn't sure if that was where we were going to go. And, and then the movie kind of told me that that's like her arc was um was very much completed as far as uh rose's sort of like self-confidence and self-discovery and the thing that was missing was this relationship with her dad you know like so so like another another twist coming like it just wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have mattered the only thing that mattered that could drive the narrative forward was finding out about her father and and so that that just kind of like you know had to be the ending. Definitely, uh, the ending was really good, and and if you didn't make another movie on it, it still ended in a way that was fulfilling. You know I, what I'm saying? Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean that that was my goal because, like, again, I don't take it for granted, and it felt like, um, you know, like, yeah, like you can at least imagine what that adventure would be, and and it's yeah. satisfying that, like, oh, I, I hope that they can rescue him and they all live happily ever after or whatever so like there is that but i would like to i would like to do a prison break sequence and and see what uh you know have some fun with those characters kind of smashing up against each other definitely I, definitely 
Um, it's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like like a Return of the Jedi, like you know, like Jabba's palace sort of thing. You know, like uh, you open up with that sort of thing, and and uh, and then who knows where we go after that, right? Hell yeah, that'd be I, cool. Uh, um, so, Johnny, oh, go ahead, Johnny. Uh, uh, well, you yeah. said take it for granted that people haven't watched it. Um, my brother just watched this one with me, uh, and he hasn't seen the other two. And I was telling him about it, you know, just a little bit because it's too. There's so much to explain. But right. with the flashbacks, you could kind of say, see this part. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can kind of tell someone about it a little bit better with Just the flashbacks. But he he loved it. He said it, he he thought it was great. And I told him, I was like, well, it's an independent movie. And he's like, man, they did a great job on, like, the effects and everything to be an independent film and it be look legit and, you know, just seem just co- so cohesive and and tied in there with all the special effects. It just looks really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and it was it was an extra challenge um, this time with the visual effects because it was a new team. Um, to get the movie made, uh, we had to make it a UK co-production, which means you have to kind of, even me being an American as the director was like a hit against it. You know, we had to like use as many different um, people and departments from the UK as possible to qualify for that tax credit. So, oh. um, so that meant we were going to use, you know, a, a, a UK visual effects vendor. Um, so luckily, you know, hydraulics was still producers on it and they gave us the assets, the digital assets of the tankers and the spaceships and the interiors from beyond skyline, all the, all the big, huge, um, CG modeling uh, that we did on that movie, we then we we got those all on drives and we gave that to Lip Sync out of the UK, and they were able to to use that and 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 kind of build off of it, which was you know incredibly invaluable. But it it still it went from like me on Beyond working with Greg and Colin who directed the first one, and they're like you know these guys who have like twenty plus years of, of visual effects supervising experience to me sort of um, being on a laptop in a pandemic, like looking at shots on a monitor myself. And and I'm working with, um, you know, these other really talented VFX supervisors from lip sync and from scope um, Germany. But it was like, it it was definitely more of a challenge for me because I, I couldn't just be like, Hey, what do you guys think? Is that ready? Is that ready? What's the problem here? This looks weird to me. What's that? So I kind of had to um, had to had to grow in that position a lot because it is it's incredibly stressful because like you know you, you're you're kind of trying to keep everything like you're saying cohesive and some different shots and and things are are done by different people uh, across the world you know we still outsourced a bunch of stuff to artists in um, in the U.S. like in Los Angeles through my company and we also had artists in Germany. We had artists in India. So it's like all the stuff's kind of coming in and you're not going into the VFX facility and looking at it on, on a big screen together and organizing it. It's all kind of being done like this, like on, on Zoom and on a, 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 a software called Frame.io. Um, but that was kind of like, yeah, that was all my, my 2020 from, from March uh, until October was just like wake up every morning, um, look at shots and then and do Zooms and, and emails all day to try to 
diagnose problems and make them better and and figure all that out. But uh, I miss it, even uh, even though I'm describing it as something. <laughs> it, was a, it was it was a blast to do it, but um, it really makes me happy when when people say what she said that the that you know that the VFX um, look good and that they all kind of feel of a piece with all of the movies because there's been quite a bit of change from the first one, you know, 10 years later to the third. Well, yeah. Uh, I think you introduced a lot more, uh, was it martial arts and to the second and third one it was, uh, the first one really was just them stuck in an apartment kind of. Yeah. And, uh, the first one I, is, is just much more grounded, you know, it's, yeah. it's much more, which is funny because like, the more grounded you are and the more, the more universal you are in a way. Um, so it's like that, that one had such a big reach. It had such a big audience. Um, but you know, because we're kind of going into this VOD direction, it's like, we, I just wanted to do what I love and, and kind of embrace the stuff that I love and throw everything I love into it. And it really was, the second one was going to be an action movie. Like, like this is going to be action, action, action. It's die hard on an alien ship, you yeah. know, Frank Grillo as Bruce Willis. And then we're going to have fucking predator after uh, apocalypse now in the third act. But when we go over to Indonesia and we're scouting it, you know, the, the idea of getting eco and Yayan in the movie is floated. And then it just turns out that they're actually available and they want to do it and they want to do a bunch of choreo. So then it's like, oh, this like, you know, predator battle that I had in the bunker is now kind of like a martial arts battle. And it all and then I just go, I'm like, well, we got to have Frank and Eco fight when they first meet. And then it's like, oh, and then when we first meet Eco, let's have him stab a guy in the throat. <laughs> and so I just kept, you know, adding more and more martial arts. And they're so good at what they do. Like that throat stab fight. I told them the night before, like, can we have a, a fight scene in there? And they're like, oh, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we just got a little bladder in Barry's neck, shoot the blood out. And, and so it kept getting more and more on that one. And, um, and then in, I wanted even more on, on the third, but the third, you know, it was very much like, and I think smartly from, from our, the producer standpoint, like not to repeat ourselves, we'll, yeah. we're going to keep some flavor from the second one, but we're going to do something, you know, different. And, and so that, that's what I, I do like about the, the third one quite a bit is that it does, it does feel like this sequel, but it is like, it's, it's, it's playing in a, in a slightly different sandbox, you know? So we, we, we still kind of have this sort of beyond skyline two battle on earth, but then we have the skylines totally new thing happening on cobalt one and in the spaceship. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like it, and that, that was one of the reasons why we wanted to bring Yayan back so that we had more of that kind of bonkers flavor and energy from, uh, beyond skyline. Yeah. His character in this one, uh, with the, the, the attached arms, just like running through destroying people or, uh, creatures or pilots was really, really fun. I really enjoyed that. There's a little glimpse of him in the um, in the in the bloopers at the end. You can see there was like there was another little bit of the fight where he killed like four at once, but um, it just because of costs and and pacing, 
we had to cut that out. But there there was even more fun stuff with him. Unfortunately, I had to trim. Uh, the guy that played Z, oh, Charlie Yoon. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce his yeah. name? Cha. Uh, Cha. Yeah. He, when he uh, did the uh, the I don't know I forget the what it's called but on the on the uh, doctor's bed the the the, the kick the kick up or the, the flip kick, yeah the kip up yeah the kick up I was just like Jesus <laughs> like, I mean he went down and he jumped right back up on that on that little bed I was just like damn now he's got some some skills right there yeah I was worried that it was that it was too fast like I was like is this cut too quick because he's so fast you know he almost looks yeah. like we're we're shooting it like 20 frames a second because he's just like um but you know Super. he's just he's just so fast that was um and of course daniel's been you know doing martial arts for like 30 years so the the two of them together was like it's just a different level um it's not it's not it's not an actor doing martial arts it's it's two martial artists kind of just unloading on each other yeah that's a really good fight scene like i just i was like yeah i like this this is and you could tell they both knew what they were doing and yeah daniel, it, was, it was one of those things in the script too that it's like and he grabs him from behind and he flips and breaks the hold and then jumps outside and locks the door it was like such a short fight and but we just knew that it you know it was like this is going to be a whole other thing once we get on set it's going to be a real treat and um Cha, uh, Jean Aiden from, from Real Deal Stunts, he shot the second unit for this, which was about nine days of like, we would kind of like on main unit, we'd shoot usually Lindsay's side of the action and the masters. So all of the big wides in her side, uh, or like Johnny, uh, who played Leon, most of the main cast, it's all kind of on the main unit. We do our big dollies on the side. We get their side of the action and then the second unit would do their overs on a stunt double to the alien, uh, which was the first time I ever did that. But it was because of the, the the smaller budget, tighter schedule on this than Beyond Skyline had to get creative. And so that was one of those things where it was like, OK, wait, you've got Cha, you've got Daniel, you've got John. We shot a main unit like the kind of like comic book panel tension, tension of the two of them building, building, building. Then he goes up to the kick, the kick, and it was like, okay, we're done. We have to go shoot Lindsay, you know, getting her getting uh, pulled up on these uh, 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 on these on a harness in the other room. You guys finish the rest of this fight, and we just like come in and check on it, and they'd show the dailies, and it'd be like incredible, this amazing fast thing. You're like, okay, great, I'll, I'll see you guys at lunch, <laughs> like you know. And they just went all, all day. Uh, I think it was just a ridiculous setup count. I think they did like sixty something setups. And then, um, and it's all kind of like, cause they, we don't have a ton of rehearsal time on these movies, uh, and a ton of, so, so it's kind of like this, like three move, three move, three move and you cut. And then, and so all of the cuts have to be very, very deliberate, um, when you're moving from shot to shot, because there is no master, you know, um, there was no master of that fight. It was kind of like, okay, you're getting this from these three shots. And then this is going to connect to these three shots. And, you know, you have to be really, really at the top of your game to, to kind of do it all that way on the fly. Um, they, they had a day or two to pre-visit, but it's, it's, it's really me relying on these guys' expertise um, 
to, to deliver something that good in that tight of a window. How, how long was the filming process? It was, uh, um, it was like 30, I want to say 35 main unit days and then nine, uh, second unit days. And then I think we had two splinter unit days, which were like the, that, um, the opening to the, um, to the bunker, you know, in that, at the beginning, that was, uh, that was a real, um, nuclear, uh, bunker in Lithuania um, that apparently was used to house like um, like an emergency st- uh, television studio in the in case there was a you know a nuclear war that they still be able to send out um, you know news or maybe propaganda uh, depending on on your side of the uh, <laughs> of that equation but um, so we scouted that and it was a really really eerie weird place to be but the interiors looked amazing you know it's like it was, it was tempting to shoot the interiors for our bunker. And I think that's one of the things that a little bit of experience from beyond skyline taught me is that like, you know what, man, you can just shoot like in a warehouse and everyone's going to think that this is inside the bunker. You don't have to actually do this. (laughs) And uh, so, so, you know, we did a half day um, with them driving around in the truck, getting that scene and then driving up through the gate and, and getting out and into the bunker. Was it all shot in Lithuania? It was all shot in Lithuania. Yeah, we got um, okay. we bought Blondie. some. You know, we 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 did some uh, some aerials from from London uh, and from England, and uh, and and did visual effects over them to make them look all augmented and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the all of all the photography was done in Lithuania, Vilnius, outside of Vilnius, Lithuania, in the summer of 2019. What's Lithuania like for you? I think it was gorgeous. Um, it's it's a really kind of odd. Um, I, I mean, I guess it was just odd for me because I've never been to to really yeah. Eastern Europe before. But um, it's 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 small. It's a smallish city. It's very walkable, um, and it's very pretty. Like a, a, one of the re- the things that the city was designed that you could basically see a church like on every street. So you'd see these big, beautiful um, Orthodox churches. Uh, I went into to one of one of our producers, uh, local Lithuanian guys in a, a Lithuanian like folk rock band, and so I got to see one of his concerts at, at this uh, this big Orthodox church, which is gorgeous. Um, and you know, they, it's it's good good food, good drink, good they have good wines, uh, good lagers. So you know, we we had a we had a good time there, and it was kind of a like a little college town in, in, in a weird way. They had, um, they had recently shot Chernobyl there, which made sense. Um, and so uh, that was one of the things that gave us confidence because that show looks so amazing that, uh, and, it, and it's a much bigger budget, bigger schedule than us. And, and they handled it uh, so well and, and everyone spoke so highly of the crew. So we felt really confident kind of going in there and, uh, and they didn't disappoint. I thought the the crew was really great. And, um, you know, everybody that kind of came out of this movie um, had a really kind of special time together. It was definitely a fun time that I think becomes even more fun when 2020 hits, and you're like, "Wow, that was that yeah. was that was really that was really awesome getting to you know um, work you know on, on something kind of so free and fun, and then you know heading out to the bar with everybody and having a good time afterwards." So. 
yeah, I definitely, I definitely miss Vilnius. Yeah, I, that's what I kind of want to ask you. Uh, with you being in the film industry and everything, and and being around actors and other directors and writers and getting to talk to them, how are they feeling about all this that's going on? Like, do you think movies will come back to theaters? Like, do you think will it will be as big, or do you think VODs just it's going to push that way? In your opinion, I mean. Um, I think I think they'll definitely come back to theaters. Um, I think just from my own personal experience, I think you know there's there's definitely going to be things that stay within the model, but you just don't make as much money. I mean, the, the, the HBO Max thing is is a totally different model because they're trying to launch this um, this system, you know, this this yeah. this platform. Um, so. I I don't know I I think that especially you know like like the big movies that I'm as guilty as anyone of those are the movies that I primarily saw in the theater you know for the past couple of years I've got I have my first my my first son was born in 2009 my fourth kid another son was just born in two, in 2020 so movies are you know not as as I never get to go to as many as I want to in a given year anyway. But like, you know, with my, my oldest, who's 11 now, it was like, you know, we're just, he, he, I could tell he was like having a bad time last week. And it was just like, man, this would be like one of those days where I, you know, on a Sunday, I'd be like, let's go, let's go to a movie and get him out of the house so that he stops fighting with his sister. And, and we go see something together, you know, go see like a Fast and Furious movie and uh, just get away for a few hours. So I don't see that changing because it's still these different opportunities within my life as a consumer, let alone a filmmaker where I need it and it's not here. So I, I, I think, I think the kind of um, something similar to what was happening before the pandemic will come back for those bigger movies. I think what, you know, the, the, the mid levels and the, the things, it's just going to be an accelerant to what was already happening. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't see, the, the, it being the big seismic shift because it's the same thing as like, yeah, we can all eat food at our house, but why do we go to restaurants all the time? Yeah, <laughs> get out. Uh, see, I had just bought like, or three weeks before that, I I got the unlimited pass for Regal for all this all all of it hit, and I was going to the movies like once a week. You know, that was my goal. Was like, yeah, go watch a movie. And you know, I'm of course I want to watch the big hitters, but also movies that I wouldn't necessarily go and pay for, you know, ten, fifteen bucks to get in or whatever. And it's just like, well, this will give me the opportunity to go watch the movies. And then three weeks—that's what I got. Out of. Three <laughs> weeks. And, that's bad time. You know, that's a smart idea. And you know, it's something I think now, like working from home now for the past year, it's like seeing how you know I worked at hydraulics, like. As a, as a day job, office job for like, you know, from 2005 to 2018. So I was used to that nine to five thing. So I couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm going to go to a movie at like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. But like now I would do that because I'm pretty much freelance. I work for my own company at my house. And I'd be like, yeah, it would just be a good thing to do. Like on the cheap day of Tuesdays, like go to that morning show every single week and bang out those movies and kind of get away and, and reset your head. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely would, uh, would, would do like, you know, the unlimited pass sort of thing now, 
that I'm kind of off the um, the nine to five uh, hamster wheel. Yeah, because uh, I was going like try to go like you know like a Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon when I get off work go see the four thirty movie. No one was in there. Maybe one no other one, person. Yeah, no one you knows. You had the theater movies. to yourself. Right. It's quiet, and you just you set your phone down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no. I when we our boy. office used to be in Santa Monica, um, like uh, on the promenade. So there was a couple theaters there, and they were kind of older. But there's a, there was an AMC that that kind of went underground and had these big shows. And so every once in a while, I'd sneak away there for like lunch. Like I saw. Uh, Olympus has fallen there like by myself on one of those days. And it was like, it's great. You know, like I said, like there's four other people in the theater. Um, it, it's kind of like the, the I, I've always loved seeing movies by myself, to be honest, because you're free of anybody's expectation of what yeah. the movie is to kind of work. There's nothing worse than like you're watching a movie with, with your friend or with your wife or whatever. And then they, they kind of hit you or you turn, you're like, cool. And they're like, this sucks. You're like, Oh, <laughs> so I, I, it, it is nice sometimes to just kind of like have that one-on-one relationship with what's happening on the screen. Definitely. And and, and I was kind of hoping that instead of them shutting down, which I guess from public opinion they had to shut down, that smaller movies, you know, the big companies didn't want to put it out there, but smaller movies would have got put in. You know what I'm saying? Like a lower budget films would have kind of taken – got put into the theaters and given the opportunity to yeah our our movie was in a few places like in 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 smaller places like that like arizona and stuff for the the week but yeah i mean i there's it's interesting there's certain movies that did like really well at drive-ins this summer like i heard that movie um the wretched which i haven't seen yet like yeah i heard it did really well uh, all summer kind of playing at drive-ins so it was like it was interesting to see um, you know what what was able to make it, and it's still just not it's just not a number that the the companies like the big companies are are going to be happy with whatsoever. But um, no, well, I mean not, they they want to be making like what fifty million to yeah, which some of, some of their movies are one hundred twenty million plus another thirty million with advertising. It's and, more than thirty. That that's the, I mean that's the first skyline was like a thirty million dollar P and A. And that still wasn't like huge, you know what I mean? But that that P and A that they did on that first movie is like still what these movies are coming out on because the the VOD ones they spend nothing. It's like it's me kind of like hitting the pavement and doing these interviews and stuff is like the P and A. It's not like they're not spending it really on anything else. So, um, but like yeah, like a movie like and it, it some of it's kind of funny too. Like like did you need to spend like hundreds of million yeah. dollars for Avengers Endgame like weren't it wasn't everyone going to see it anyway but they, they know better than me they, they've run the numbers they've done the math they're like no 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 if we do spend it this much it's going to break every record so they figured it out I guess they want to get the people that might not go to theater to go watch it okay. yeah well, well because of that one it's like it's yes it would have been a hit without spending this X amount of money but if we spend this amount of money it will push it into being such a cultural phenomenon that the normal person will feel like they have to see it or they're not going to be part of the discussion. Yeah, the normal so, person will sit there for three hours. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> that was a long-ass movie, man. I know. 
I know. It's interesting. That we're, I loved every minute of it. I did too. I, I find that uh, Infinity War is like more rewatchable at home, though. I, still, I think I like Infinity War better because there's that first hour of Endgame, which was like, I remember in the theater being like, this is like a drama, but I was totally engrossed with it. But like the third time through, it's not, it's not as action-packed as Infinity War. Hey, Johnny, uh, why don't you show how dedicated you are? Well, you probably can't see all that. I can see some of it. I can see. I can see the. Oh, you got, that, oh, you got Thanos and the. Wow! Look at that! Incredible. I got Captain Hydra shield on the back, but. <laughs> That's I, great. It just, it was a, I got the the Captain America shield, and then I was like, well, because I was planning on getting uh, a full, you know, just half sleeve done. But me and my dad used to go to see all the movies. Like, I mean. Before he passed away, it was just something that we would go do, you know. And but his favorite was uh, Iron Man, which my favorite was Captain America. So, but Wait, well, after which movie did you get the Captain America uh, shield? I probably got this because I just recently got the Thanos. I probably got the Captain America movie shield three, four years ago. And yeah, he got it at the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival. Yeah, so and it was got it after Civil War, but before Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, and Civil War, dude. And Civil War is great. It. I love Civil War. Yeah, and because uh, I, I always said, you know, well, you know, Captain America would take down Iron Man. Like it's just not. Like, <laughs> but once I once I seen the first uh, Captain America, uh, uh, what was the first Soldier? First Avenger. Yeah, first Avenger. Like I, I just loved it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like America. He. He was small and nothing, but he becomes somebody, you know, powerful, but he's grounded. You know what I'm saying? He ain't full of himself. He's not, he don't have an ego. He, he's going to do the job and do it without, you know, having to be thanked and, you know. Yeah, no, I, I really love the first act of that movie. I think it's it's one of the best of the, of the, of all of them, to be honest with you. You know, the, I, I worked on one Marvel movie, um, it was it was Iron Man two, and so that was only you know their third movie, um, and that was before Disney bought them, and we just did that this one little sequence that's like um, when when uh, Tony is brought into the Senate, and they're showing all the the world different um, Iron Man technology, and they're using this as justification that he needs to turn it over to the government because the rest of the world is doing it too, and then he clicks on his footage and shows that no one's figured it out and that they're all falling apart. So we just had to make these like jokes about other countries, shitty Iron Man tech. Um, <laughs> so we like went out into the desert and like, yeah, we did like the French one was like very regal, but it, uh, you know, tripped over itself and then murdered everybody that was, uh, at the presentation and stuff like that. And, um, and so, but, but what was really cool was like, you know, they did this open assignment and they were like, you know, just go shoot this thing and we'll reshoot it on the main unit. But we took it very seriously and we, you know, got wardrobes and we went out and shot it in proper locations at like, uh, you know, like airfields and stuff. And um, and then they were like, OK, well, we can just use this footage. Um, but we did go in and, and meet with um, Favreau and, and Kevin Feige and and Justin yeah. Thoreau. Uh, who wrote that one and, and, and sit around the table. And what I, what I love about that, like memory at the time was the time I'm like, you know, I fucking loved Iron Man. Like t 
this is like 2009 and Iron Man came out the year before. So it was like such a, a, a pinch me thing. But when I look back, I'm like, it's just like five or six people around a table. And like that, they kind of like went on to change, you know, everything, you know, obviously they had this amazing well of material to draw from, but, um, you know, when I see the people that, that get really like on the anti-Marvel takes, I'm kind of like, I, I get it. I understand that you don't want everything to be the same and you don't want like this, this thing has gotten so popular that it feels like it's omnipresent. But there's something I find just really remarkable that is like a couple of people sitting around a conference table and they kind of like change the game. So I, I always give them a lot of respect. Oh, yeah. Well, it has to be pretty awesome to be able to, you know, say that you worked on a, a Marvel movie. <laughs> it like ended up. It was a much longer sequence. I think it's like it's like a few seconds of screen time, but it is more. It's more that kind of like being in the room and that experience. Like I don't even think yeah. I said anything. I was just like, I, I was the kid back then. Um, but it was just. It's like, you know, now that Disney's bought them and that the everything worked out so well, but like they had that plan from back then that this was all going to connect and, and continue to get bigger and, and better. So, um, you know, what that yeah, was like, yeah, that phase one stuff, you know, was like, yeah. everyone would be like, I remember people having like these quabbles and complaints about, it. I'm like, they're just doing what I've wanted someone to do for so long. I'm not, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, yeah. like I've wanted to see someone really connect, do this connected universe for so long and these guys are pulling it off let's just you know wait and see and so and then kind of at each each critical moment they they stuck the landing something that dc didn't do <laughs> uh, you know, they keep uh, they keep falling uh, flat <laughs> they, yeah, they got good tv yeah yeah my yeah my wife loves um the flash i watched the first season i i generally don't watch tv that much just because like um, I'll I'll generally watch like a first season or a first couple of shows, and I'll even if I really enjoy it, it just becomes too much of a time commitment. Um, so I I generally would be like, yeah, I, I like the Flash. I, I I really like it, but it was like once I saw like Barry kiss the girl, I was like, okay, I that's what I wanted. They they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> like, you know the the. the the endless, the endless kind of um, that model of the of the of the TV narratives can uh, can kind of wear out on me, but that's just that's just a personal preference. I, I do I do prefer movies. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I wanted yeah. to. Uh, oh, so, well, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Well, I was gonna go back to. I was gonna. I looked up the IMDb for these movies, so I was gonna ask some stuff about uh, the second and third one. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what I, um, I looked up, I, I noticed on Beyond Skyline, they have a goof part from uh, Goofs on Beyond. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, okay, ask away. Well, uh, I'm not going to read all of them. There's, well, there's not that many. Uh, character Error says, The main characters are taken aboard the spaceship in Los Angeles. After the ship crashes, they get out and they're on... They're in a completely different location. Yeah, they're on a spaceship. Uh, yet, oh. yet none of them wonder why. It says, yet none of them wonder why they're there. Where they are. They go to Thailand. 
So they're saying it's an error that no one says, where are we? Yeah, because they said that the main characters are taken aboard the spaceship in Los Angeles. After the yeah. ship crashes, they get out and they're in a completely different location. I think they're kind of like, well, of course they're okay. in a different location. They're flying somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the way, the way they literally get up, they're like surviving, getting out of a river, catching their breath. And then someone yeah. runs out of the bush with guns in their face. So it's kind of like, like they uh, would give a shit. Like where yeah, they're at it. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? There was um, there was more of of a little bit more stuff when they were um, when Frank was in the um, when he him and him and the the Jared pilot get on the ship and they actually go up to where the harvester's kind of cockpit was. And even in this one, they still kind of go and, and they he, he sees that, um, you know, he takes the ship off. If, if, if you remember in the in the theatrical version, um, Jared, actually, they're in Hawaii. And so Frank sees that they're somewhere and he takes off and leaves and goes off from Hawaii. Um, but in the other version, like you, you got there's a couple extra CG shots of like the map of him seeing where they were and where they were going. Um, but. It, it's still it's that's not a goof that's someone's opinion yeah <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's an opinion here was another one uh it said at the 16 minute mark mark the seasoned detective asked for his handgun then asked for more clips no trained detective or any person knowledgeable about guns would call magazines for a handgun clips okay. i call them clips too i've yeah, called well, them that but I've, I guess I've only heard people call them clips, so that's funny. But that was a, that was an improv from uh, from Frank. It wasn't in the script. So well, that, I think just people that are like uh, big gun enthusiasts to probably only catch that or something. But any, I I like, thought it was a cool detail when he did it because usually someone just gives someone a gun in a movie and then they have like unlimited ammo forever. Yeah. And he was like, "Got any clips?" It was like, "Oh, okay." This guy's like, he's not just. He's not just feeling good about you know his uh, you know ten rounds or whatever. He's he's gonna grab the extra clips. I, I thought it was a nice little character detail, so that's why we left it in. Oh, well, that's just someone being an asshole. <laughs> no, that, these are like the easiest. Guns, are like the nicest, they're, they're the nicest goofs I've ever heard. These are fine. These are great. Okay, here's another one that at the this will be the last one uh, at the thirty nine point thirty nine down the minutes in a second. Yeah, okay, we'll just say pretty much at 39.50 is what it says. Mark is holding a newborn wrapped in his T-shirt, and you can clearly see the baby is wearing a diaper. Yeah, okay. that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we did not want the baby to be, uh, to be, to be uh, pooping on, on Mr. Grillo. <laughs> um, so she was definitely wearing a diaper. And, you know, there's crazy there, – there's way more continuity stuff with the baby than that. I mean, because the baby was like kind of uh, not a last minute idea, but it wasn't something I originally wrote the script with. And it was like, it was actually going to be the Elaine character was going to be around longer and she was going to be getting more and more pregnant fast. And that was more the ticking clock. Um, but then when we were doing it over in Asia and it, it just made sense to kind of condense that character and then I was like, okay, this baby will be sort of a lone wolf and cub thing. That, that'll look cool. Um, and it gives more scenes to just Frank. Um, but then, like, 
we shot the movie so out of order. So we shot the stuff in Indonesia first. And even that, we're like, we shot them coming out of the river. That was shot way before them jumping out of the ship. And it was all in so many different orders that, like, the bigger continuity error when you watch now is the funniest one is, like, she's got the baby and she, like, jumps out of the ship. And then when she's coming out of the water, the baby's, like, clearly months older and like <laughs> like this, this thing just like it's like a it's like a mogwai when it hits the water it just grew like six months in the leap um and so that that one to me is the one that uh when i watched it again with my wife in anticipation of skylands coming out we were both laughing at that and i was like hey you know i, I was dealing with a lot that day you know the, <laughs> it, it, the that river set um where i had lined up that whole scene to take place the river went up like eight feet overnight and um oh, and we yeah so we had to spend like an hour scouting a new place to to shoot that scene and uh it was just it was just one of those movies that like you know you were constantly um putting scotch tape that, on the train tracks before the train went over it how does that work with uh uh finding a baby um you just go, hey, can I borrow your baby? Can I borrow your baby? No. It, it, <laughs> uh, I use your baby for like two minutes. I mean, it's like casting any other any other uh, role. Um, you're obviously dealing with the parents, and um, in in the U.S. and in there was no baby in Canada, I don't think. No, but in the U.S., um, the rules are very strict. Um, it's like you, I think it's, it's something like create like 15 minutes a day. It's very, very short. Um, so, and uh, in Indonesia, it's, it's a little more lenient, but we still would do it in a similar fashion where it's just like you do the first couple of takes with the dummy. And so there's plenty of shots in the movie with, with the dummy. I'm sure, I'm sure that people could, you know, try to, uh, you know, uh, DI dummy out as much as we can, but, Basically, you do all of the like first three takes you'll do with the dummy, and then it's like, okay, we've we're worked out all the kinks for camera. We're, we've tried our ideas. We've kind of locked on to what the scene is. Now we'll bring the kid in for the last take. Um, and then, in some cases, it would be like, just shoot the kids close up here, kid or baby, and uh, and so it all kind of cuts together. But that was definitely like one of those things for like a first time director, like, man, you just didn't make this easy on yourself at all. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is going to be moving on from the, uh, from the goofs and stuff uh, okay. to uh, connections of beyond skyline and cool. references. Uh, you ha it has an Asian temple location with a character looking like Dennis Hopper. That's what it says from apocalypse now. Yes. And then uh, you, you have an Indiana Jones reference. Mark compares the drug runners hideout to the Temple of Doom. So yes, that was a that was an ad lib um, that I asked Frank to do uh, on the day. Um, I, I was wearing a Temple of the Doom T-shirt. I had my <laughs> Fortune Glory T-shirt, and so I was like, "And the, you know, what, did you say like fucking Temple of Doom?" And I, maybe I said like it. There's something Temple of Doom, and I'm sure he was like fucking Temple of Doom because he likes to add fucking or fuck to, to <laughs> pretty much any ad. If you've noticed in the movie, yeah. 
Okay, and then on uh, on Skylines, the connections part uh, references not in Kansas anymore mm-hmm. from uh, Wizard of Oz, and then Aliens rips off Aliens several times. Says <laughs> okay, and, and then there's a reference from the movie Big. Yes, those are all true. So they're not not in Kansas anymore. Um, was uh, Rona Mitra's? She she ad libbed that she pitched it to me. There wasn't really a line in that moment. It was kind of like we cut to them as they're bursting out of the the tent and they're shooting aliens. And she just felt like um, you know we had shot the exteriors first, and so she had done a few takes. And she's like, I, I think you're gonna want something for this. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, what do you got? And so she pitched that, and she just does it so well. I was like, you know, it's like it's obviously been done quite a bit, but. Um, I'm not going to, you definitely never tell an actor no when they come up with an idea like that. You want to see how they do it. And then on camera, it was, it was, she did such a great job that yes, it's Wizard of Oz, but it's also Avatar um, as they referenced it in Avatar. So that was where I was kind of keeping with my (laughs) James Cameron, um, you know, influences on this. I I, I felt like it fit. Uh, And then, yeah, as far as aliens, the, the most overt thing really is, her saying, um, you know, not bad for a human. Some of the other ones are like actually coincidental. Like the fact that she gets in a tanker and people are saying, oh, that's from the, the her getting in a power loader. It wasn't really. It was the fact that, you know, we had that people can get in these tankers from the first movie. And it felt like that was something that was set up that I had to pay off, you know, because you had Trent drive the tanker in part two but I really wanted to see Rose drive one. So that wasn't like, Oh, they, you know, she got the power loader in alien. So I really want Rose to get a power loader. It was more like, I've always, I want to see the fact there's a lot in this movie was like, you know, the first movie is these kind of powerless people, um, getting, you know, attacked and, and onslaughted by these, these aliens. And then this one, it's like, because we have this hybrid, human badass with Rose is like, I wanted to see her kind of grabbing the reins of that tech and using it back against the aliens. To me, that was a lot of the, the fun of, of, of having that character. So having her get to, you know, get in the tanker was more for me paying off the first movie than, than an homage. And then again, that's at the end when she kind of sucks up all the aliens with the ship, it was like, the first movie, the first thing that happens is aliens show up, they drop this light and they start sucking humans off the earth. So for the end of the third one, this, you know, human hybrid is going to suck a bunch of aliens up into the ship. That, that to me is why I think the, the third movie, like you said, it feels like it has this satisfying ending because it kind of like inverts the first, uh, in a couple of key ways. So, yeah, I mean, some of it is, is coincidental, some of it's accidental, but I mean, I definitely, without a doubt, was like, I want to do an Aliens type movie where, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, mercenaries go to the alien planet and they bite off more than they can chew. So, guilty as charged. <laughs> what was it, what about the big reference? What was that one? Um, well, it's it was kind of like trying to put into context that uh, her, how weird Rose is character is and what how to explain her abilities through pop culture references i guess because sometimes you forget like okay i i didn't try to to draw like a strict adherence that 
the actual timeline of the movie would be that if the invasion happened in 2010 when the first movie happened, then like this is a, this movie is 15 years later. It's an alt 2025. It was kind of in my head, but I didn't really. I I try to always just say like 15 years after the invasion and not date it so that people can just kind of imagine it 15 years from now, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that like 2010 is in is 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 a baseline for the present day of the past 10 years in a weird way. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like obviously Leon is trying to understand the weird things that's going on in her power. And he's a kid who's kind of, he, he'd be my age and he would have grown up seeing big and Dracula and stuff like that. So he's just like, explain to me again, what the fuck's going on with you. And um, yeah, it was one of those things that like, I've never done, really like overt movie references like that before. So it was like, is this going to work? And I just think uh, Jonathan Howard is, is, is uh, such a good actor that he kind of delivered it in a way that felt like, okay, yeah, I, I, I believe it. And she does no idea what the hell he's talking about. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, appreciate you uh, talking about that. Uh, Johnny, no do, you want, <laughs> do you want to bring up the, uh, the topic I sent earlier? Oh, yeah, I meant to bring that up first thing just to, to get something started off, but uh, I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, it happens. 200 episodes, still fucking not good at this. So this has nothing to do with aliens or movies okay. or nothing. Kind of sci-fi. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so Jimmy sent us over uh, the meat of the future, um, which I guess there's a few meat of the future, but KFC is to 3D bioprint meat using animal flesh cells. What about that shit? Like, that's totally sci-fi. Wait, so the meat of the future, it's 3D printed meat from from animal flesh cells, did you say? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's like, I guess, how else are they going to feed people on uh, spaceships, right? That makes sense. Yeah. That's, what, and, that's and, exactly and, what Johnny said. And that's what I tell him. Uh, I, I've already seen something to this effect where uh, when they do go to Mars, if because, if, you know, 10 more years or is it 10 or 5? I forget when they say they're going to try to go. But if they can advance it, then they'd have the opportunity to uh, be able to have a protein source of sorts, you know, uh, for this. But No, they, you're right. That makes sense. They cooked a steak on this show and – can't exactly remember which one it was on YouTube, but uh, the steak was this big, and it was a piece of a steak, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure it was a 3D printed one. It could have been something else, because they're trying so many different ways to make meat. Right. I know, I know it was out of animal cells, but yeah, it was just like a really thin piece, and they put it on the full flame and, and t turned it, you know? It was just, and they tried it, it was just ridiculous. Did it make you think of the uh, Alien Resurrection um, whiskey pods that they they have, where you know where they put that little cube, and then the laser hits it and it turns into the whiskey in the glass? Oh yeah, <laughs> Do you remember that? Someone was uh, someone posted that that on on Twitter uh, for me recently, and I was like, I I I, I always think about that. Uh, what about a nice little moment? Yeah, that made me. What you said about that made me think about Back to the Future. When they put a little yep. bitty thing about this in, and then it come out to a full pizza. A big old pizza 
Right. Yeah. Like, I remember that. I I mean, I was like second grade when that came out. And like, you know, I was one of the morons who thought, oh, there are hoverboards, but they're, the teachers union is holding them back. Goddamn teachers. <laughs> God. I remember my dad being like, do you think if the teachers had any say on anything that there'd be like skateboards at all? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the teachers can stop the free market. I was like, oh, good point. What year did the that was a Back to the Future Part Two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What year was yeah. that? I want to say that, it's like ninety, but I'm maybe. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I would have been uh, ten years old. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'd been in like fifth grade. Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay, off by a year. So yeah. So I'm second grade. I'm I'm seven. Nineteen eighty nine. I'm nine. <laughs> That's such a great I, movie. I always wanted to have a part two. I was born in '84, so I was like four or five. Yeah, you you, were, you, you weren't at the theater. No, no, no. no, no. I saw that I, movie I was later. The theater to go watch it. I think uh, my grandfather probably uh, either bought it on VHS and we watched it because he was like the VHS collector. Oh yeah, you uh, know what I'm saying. I my mom hated like Chuck that. Norris, but my dad and my grandfather loved martial arts and the. Uh, my dad was actually a black belt, and uh, oh wow, he reached that. And but they watched so Chuck Norris and John Claude Van Damme movies, and any kind of martial arts movie. Like I just remember watching on VHS. I was just talking about the John Claude Van Damme run there, where it was like, because you know, I I think uh you know, for me it was like first action hero, first R-rated movie was Predator, and I was pretty obsessed with Arnold you know obviously uh, from that and the Terminator and T2 coming out was like the biggest movie of all time for me uh, when I'm 10 years old um, and then but then like you know he started doing it was like less and less movies you know fewer and farther between doing those comedies that really became that like mid 90s JCVD run was was a big deal <laughs> like I like we you know I, I thought all, like time cop in the theater opening weekend and uh no complaints for me that was uh that was uh, universal soldier was a huge fucking movie and then uh obviously blood, um blood was the biggest john claude van damme movie for me I, like when i hard, first watched it well like hard target though like the 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 opening of Hard Target and like the hype of Hard Target and like John Woo and like showing the motorcycle stunt over and over again on TV, that was like okay, our guys finally made it. You know, <laughs> he's he's hit the big time. You know, so it was it was a fun time to be a, to be a, a JCDV a JCVD fan. Hey, have yeah. you ever went back and looked up the fight scenes from Bloodsport or something? And realize how much they relied on slow motion. Yes. Yeah. God. Yeah. Still pretty good, but yeah, it's a lot of slow mo. When when um, when they threw the, the the powder in his eyes and he was just like, and just that long <laughs> on out eyes aside, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I, I love it too. I fucking yeah. loved it. Nothing like it. I've seen that so many times. They do the they do the like the double cuts a lot too, which is, you know, something no one really does anymore. Where you do like you'll see the kick from the one angle, see it from a second, and it, yeah. hey, maybe a third. Um, <laughs> we tried that actually on Beyond Skyline. 
a few on a few things and it just it just pops out too much now. You can't really get away with it uh, unless unless I think if it was more of a comedy, then you could do something like that. But it was Have like when ever... Frank like jumped in the air with the power cloth to jump on the tentacle. We still we cut like a couple things, but sometimes if you if you repeat frames, your eye won't notice it and it'll make the moment feel bigger. But you can overdo it. Have you thought about uh, doing like a maybe a horror comedy or something? No, I I I did one. I've only done one real comedy. Anything was um, uh, I had a uh, hydraulics was doing this pilot, which was sort of um, a spec pilot that they did for a company um, that starred Ed Quinn, who's um, he's on the Tyler Perry's The Oval. And he's done, he was actually in Starship Troopers 2 and um, uh, Eureka. So he's been, done a couple of different sci-fi things. He kind of looks like a, a, an older buffer uh, Bradley Cooper. And so he did this kind of show that was – it was kind of a, a spec um, comedy idea of, of doing like the Bear Grylls thing. But he's, he was being like how to survive an alien invasion in hydraulics would you know do all the invasion effects. And he would kind of be giving you actual practical survival tips, you know, yeah. for what a real survival would be, but in a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek way, talking about aliens and stuff like that. And so they did a, a version of the pilot, um, and they they uh, came to me after I'd done Beyond Skyline and wanted a little bit more stuff with the suit. So because it was like a just a spec pilot, I was like, okay. And uh, I brought in one of my superformers. And so we did these interstitials of like with the drunk alien where he like ha- it was kind of riffing off of E.T. when 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 E.T. gets the beer in the fridge and just how funny that was. We were like and also in the, the Beyond Skylines, um, you know, blooper reel when the aliens just falling over, it just looks wasted. It was just funny. So uh, a friend of mine who's a comedy writer, Jordan Van Dyne, he actually wrote the binge on Hulu. He wrote these scenes with me and uh and i shot them with ed and uh and we had this the alien being like a drunk party bro and like <laughs> drinking all this disgusting like mickeys and and uh you know he, like malt liquor and then like puking in his trailer and eating all of his food and playing mortal Kombat. and that was uh like one of the most fun things i've ever shot um we i actually put them all up on instagram so if you go to my instagram at uh at liam Odom, you can find them I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, but they were. That was kind of the only like straight comedy thing that I did, and it made sense because it was it was something with the suit. But um, yeah, most of the stuff that um, I'm developing now is um, is a little is probably what you'd maybe expect um, kind of action, uh, horror, sci-fi. With you know, two of them have martial arts uh, in them, and then. Um, there's a new project that I've two new projects I've got since one is, is a uh, kind of a straight uh, horror thriller. That would be something lower budget because it's yeah. just hard. It's hard to get something um, off the ground in this year. So I'm kind of nervous about like when, when, you know, when we'd roll cameras on something bigger. So, uh, and, and uh, it was a, it was an interesting script sent to me that um, uh, I responded to is about, you know, um, having a new baby and, and sort of all the, the postpartum depression. And uh, I've had 
I'm on my fourth kid now, so I understand. Even though I'm not a woman, I don't know what my <laughs> wife is going through. I've I've lived through it, and uh, and I, I'm kind of. Uh, it, it's written by by a, a really a really great female writer, and so I, I thought that that would be something that would be really kind of interesting to do. And then the other one is is kind of doing something going back to my roots, which is uh, the first script I ever wrote, and kind of one of my favorite genres are is disaster movies. And so I got sent a, a disaster movie project uh, just recently that I was like, oh man, if I could do one of these, that would that would be a lot of fun. Like you know, like like Independence Day, Armageddon. Um, those are are some of my favorite movies, most rewatchable movies. Um, nothing oh, yeah. as big as that, but something that um, it would still probably be, be the biggest thing I'd done yet. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I got an idea, Johnny. You know where I'm going with this. I don't horror comedy. I do. There's a many different stupid horror comedies that we've come up with. Bigfoot ghost dick. Oh God. No, no, this don't. <laughs> don't you, you, you've hooked me. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny. I don't so, even remember the so, whole premise so it's a of Bigfoot, it. but his penis is a ghost. How how was it? I was he the ghost? I can't remember how it went. We well, what if he's alive but his penis is dead? That's a, that oh, sounds like what it hits me. It might be the uh, was it the one where uh, my eleven year old is going to be like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" <laughs> yeah, these four guys. Uh, and and I come up with this just as a joke and just so people could have it. But these four guys, you know, they they want a penis enlargement. You know, well, the gypsy comes through town and she has, she's selling one. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They didn't know was that it uses Bigfoot bones, part of the, 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 what serum or whatever. Uh huh. Then you get, you get haunted. (laughs) A Bigfoot. And yeah, it just, it's just stupid, man. I love it. It's going to get a little bit vulgar here, but, uh, I think, no, 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 I'm not even going to give the rest of it out. You got to say that part. You got to say that part. No, 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 it's all good. He don't need to know. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it. But I'm going to say it because it's funny as shit. Don't you? Okay. Don't Let's don't they it. either? They get to you keep get that, the get that off your chest. What is it, Johnny? They get to keep the thing, or they got to smash the Bigfoot Lady Gash. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's a big, it's a lady Bigfoot that comes. And it goes back. Oh man, I I thought about this for over like a few days <laughs> for the podcast itself, just to you know, just as a joke. But it it, it still lingers. Because <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Either it, either so it's a female Bigfoot. So, but that's a twist, right? They think yeah, it's like, oh twist. no, the, the the Bigfoot wants its bones back. But then you find well, out the twist is no, this aphrodisiac is attracted <laughs> to female well, the, Bigfoot. The, what it is is like, uh, God, I don't really. Just do it, Johnny. Just actually. Let's work with it. Movies. Workshop this. <laughs> Workshop this. <laughs> I, I even have a past on it, but uh, it's all coming back to me now. Uh, but it's all coming back. They'll come oh, in, come in, and what you'd see is like a hand <laughs> up underneath, up underneath a, a blanket, you know, and it's all fuzzy. 
but you know, she's like, <laughs> and she smashes it. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 it's just I think as, I do. As revenge for what happened to her in, in like the real far past, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like gypsies ran across the bones, and it's just, it's all fucked up, dude. So it's her husband's bones. No, it's hers. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is what it was. Back in the day when the Sethers came, uh, they seen her and uh-huh. thought well, she's just a really hairy woman. <laughs> so they raped her and then they killed her. Oh and then, my God. So, you know, and it's more of a curse. And the gypsies found the bones and ground them up as a curse. But she's trying to sell you back like uh, a serum to get rid of the curse. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's uh-huh. it's, it's all convoluted, man. It went a lot better in the original podcast when I brought it up. But the big joke was is it either it falls off or you got to smash the, the Bigfoot Lady Gash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing, though. Uh, it doesn't matter. Even if you smash her, it's going to rot away. Okay. Like, you're yeah. done. It's a, real, it's a real deal with the devil. I, I yeah, get it. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry you have to hear that shit. <laughs> no worries, no worries. It's what I'm here for. Yeah, it's your, it's your horror basement, man. It's your horror yeah. basement. That would guys... be a fucking horror in the basement if smashing yeah. Bigfoot lady. <laughs> uh, <sighs> we're not going to end it right there. I want to ask one question. <laughs> you got to end it a lot we're better. We're going to end it out strong. All right, let's pick it back up. Um, what do you got? What do you got? The bloopers. The bloopers that y'all huh? showed at the end of Skyline. Which I really love. I love it when movies do this because I like the crew looked like they were having a freaking blast. You know, the mask falling off the guys in the suits and yes. just everyone having a great time. And it made me feel even better about the movie. But um, when Lindsay said, I'm pretty sure she said, fuck you, Liam, or something. Yes. Why? I wanted. I was like, what'd you do to make it's her funny. laugh? I, I get texts from this, Steve. Like, what'd you do? Um so it was. It's because you know you see her. She's holding this pose like yeah. as hard as she can, and I'm supposed to cue uh, grab. So then she's like the the she can release the tension, and it's like the claw is going to grab the spaceship because she's pretending she's in the cockpit right there. When you watch the movie, she's like, uh, and then she shoots the tentacle, and that grabs into the cockpit, and then the scene's pretty much over after that. So I was just like watching it. I think that um, the take the taker. So before it was like uh, I I didn't know if I had drawn the tension out long enough. You know that she had gone <laughs> to this to then shooting it. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just go a little bit longer. It's one of those things that you think about. Um, you know when you're a little bit of that experience of uh, of doing it. the second movie. I felt like some of the Stuff in the first movie, like, like I, I would underestimate how long you need to hold a reaction shot. You know, like when you watch like a Spielberg movie, and the way every, the reaction shots are, are really the best part. Like they're just so amazing, and they're always a little bit longer than what feels natural on set. Um, sometimes, you know, you're like, if I looked and I saw an alien, I'd be like, fuck, and I'm running away. <laughs> and so that that was kind of more beyond skyline. People would just be like, fuck, and they'd go. They wouldn't kind of do like these bigger 
fuck and turn and run away. So I, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, we'll, we'll hold it a little bit longer. And, um, and at the, and, and, and she's, uh, you know, very comfortable if, if it's going too long, she's just going to call cut. So it'll be fine. But she was like really, really straining, as you can tell, like the, the veins in her body, everything are going crazy. And I'm just holding it. I'm not, I'm not giving her the cue. So she was just like, fuck you, Liam, what the fuck? And I was like, all right, great. We got it. It's done. <laughs> and I just felt like I even remember when she said it out loud on the set, I was like, that's going to be the end of the blooper reel right there. Cause it's just like, you know, a whole movie is in some ways, it's like everybody just kind of having to suffer through you uh, and all your, your weird ideas. And I'm sitting there with like Shakespearean actors like Alexander Siddig <laughs> And I'm explaining to him like this sci-fi gobbledygook that only exists in my head. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay, dude. Like, go. Uh, so I, I felt like it was, it was kind of fitting to just be like, all right, fuck you. The movie's over. And then it, it would do my credits. I, I felt like that was, that was an appropriate way to end everything. Yeah, that was, that was great. Cause I thought Jonathan was going to mess with her. Well, he, he actually like the moment after we cut the thing, he's like, he actually was like, and it's a big baby boy. We delivered a boy. Good job. Because he, he, he just totally feels like he's her, like Lama's partner in those scenes. Where he's like, <laughs> okay, breathe, breathe. You yeah. got it, Rose. You've got it. There's a big baby. So, uh, you know, I wanted to keep the whole end of the blooper because he's hysterical at the end, but it just felt like we'd already gone on like way too long. Um, so yeah, but it, 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 that was definitely at the end of every one of those takes, there was a lot of laughing because, one, it's just funny the way he kind of like grabs this rope. Like he literally just grabs a, a wire and they'd pull him up like four feet and then they just drop him into the set and he'd have to sell that. And we would just be cracking up every time that would happen. And then he's kind of, uh, you know, over her shoulder, at, you know, as, as the labor partner. And he's such a good ad libber that he would just say different funny shit each time. So it would it would crack her up uh, as well. So yeah, he, he he definitely did get did get her a few times in the movie for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us, and uh, I, I know how you feel uh, telling uh, your ideas to someone that make no sense to <laughs> other people, but in your head it does. I I know exactly how you feel now. Okay, um, but you're like talking. so, like you're in a set, like with like you know, where she yeah. they, she goes and opens the core drive and she walks down that catwalk. So like on set, there's no catwalk there. It's she's walking on on the dolly track out of frame, and it's one of those things where you've got this. Everything's written on the script, and you think it makes sense, and then you start describing it out loud to everybody, and you can just see the glassy look in their eyes. You're like, so then you're gonna twist this, and a catwalk's gonna come. And it's going to unveil this blue light, and then you're going to blast it with the red light, which is going to turn into a purple light. And you guys are happy about the purple light. And they're like, why the fuck? I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> you're just, you're kind of, when you're saying it out loud, you just realize how insane this whole thing is. And, uh, and luckily, uh, you know, they're all, they're all such professionals and good sports. They go along with it. And at the end, it, it all kind of works. But it is that like, once things you can have made up in so much sense on the page, when you start kind of explaining them out loud to people, you're like, yeah, this makes, this is only in my head that, that this is going to make any sense to anybody. Yeah. Trust me. I, I understand. Uh, Bigfoot ghost take. Man. <laughs> I have a vision. 
and, <laughs> no and Johnny, and we still in on um, Bigfoot Ghost Then I got a friend that will introduce it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really, he right. He really, uh, he really, you know, I, you I bel- yeah, Hey, John, yeah. I believe in your idea. I'm trying to get it made. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be made ever. Like, who's going to uh, sign on to that project? It's going to be a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. It has I'm to be a, a student director. Hey, hey, hey. I'm a pitcher. I'm a pitcher to Joe. <laughs> hey, I'm a, tw- I'm a tweet Joe Lynch and see if he'd be interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Liam, man, thank you for coming up and being a good sport with us. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm happy to come on with you guys anytime. That was a I lot of fun. I, I want to hear about Bigfoot Ghost Dick Part 2 next time. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Just for you. <laughs> hey, Johnny, do you have an idea, real quick before we go? Do you have an idea what Fourth Skylines will be called? Because we did do that on the first interview. Oh, yeah. We, I don't know. I, we I speculated. We talked, you guys talked about what the third one would be called? Yeah, we speculated on what it would be called. Or no, no the second guess, one. No it was the second the one. Title. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, I just have a weird working title right now, but no one's guessed it. It's not. Uh, I've been I've been joking that it's it's Skyline Forever, um, but uh, oh, that's you know, funny. But that which is is a good is a good kind of uh, online version of it. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know. But yeah, tell me. No, what what are you what are your guys' ideas? Well, I think the last time we come on, uh, I told you it could go on forever because. Um, because the one was Beyond Skylines, and then it's uh, Skylines and Beyond. Yeah. Um, and then uh, oh God, there were so many of them. I don't remember. Oh yeah, I think I think it's I I made like the Pantera joke where we can be far beyond Skyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, like you just keep going with, with messing around with it. Uh, but I haven't thought about it. I didn't. I didn't think about that. I think I'd thought about that more and more on that day, and I just, you know, I didn't think about that today. So, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird the way they do like namings now. It would have. To, it's probably going to be like I'll have some clever name, and they'll be like, you know what? It would be great if it was called the Skyline. You know, it's like the Predator, yeah. the blah blah blah. Is is a way of uh, uh, it's it it's like. If you don't let people know it's a sequel, they're less intimidated by it uh, when you're getting into these higher numbers and they're more likely to give it a chance. So that's why they go with these like like Halloween, even though it's a sequel to the the older movie is still called Halloween. It's just yeah. it's what a, strange. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we just we've discussed that a couple of times on here. Uh that name. It's Halloween just, kills. We'll just end there. Wow. <laughs> I, I I still actually haven't seen the 2018 Halloween. I it's on my DVR. I gotta I gotta check it out. It's good. I I, I think uh, looks good. Yeah. Uh, they brought it from you know seventy. What was it? Seventy nine. I think seventy eight. I want to say, but I'm yeah seventy eight. Sure. But they brought it from that era to 2018. Right. You know what I'm saying? They yes. they took the no kills to 2018 and made it into Horror is now. Yeah. You know, compared to what it was. That's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine with me. Cool. Hell yeah. 
again uh, we appreciate it liam and uh definitely we'll talk to you plenty more <laughs> all right thanks guys all right uh, i mean have, no ready, right. have a great week yeah you guys have a great weekend too cheers thanks sir now it's time to say goodbye to the basement guys again they would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in you're all invited back next week to this locality have a heap and helping of their hospitality. Or that is spooks and spells. Take your shirt off. Y'all come back now. Here. You can show your support to this show by becoming a Patreon and purchasing some merch on the official website, tnhard.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Hard Basement Podcast. And on Twitter at HarBasement1. And don't forget to leave the show a review. Five stars are always appreciated. Thanks for your support.